0: Hi guys and welcome back to the podcast. We're uh, Season 3, Episode 4 this week, so um, we're getting along and hopefully we're getting better at them. Not so awkward.
1: We try. <laughs> no promises.
0: My name's Dave. And Abby. I'm
1: Ori. Still crippled.
0: And uh, yeah, still crippled. Yep. Um, and we've got with us, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: I'm Joe Bell. Welcome.
0: Welcome, Welcome, Joe.
2: Our tattooist, a tattooist.
0: Thank you. So, Joe tattoos at the cabin here. Um, We put him in the back room because he's not as good looking as the front room. And he smells. (laughs) He smells. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, we're going to hit Joe up with a few questions on on his kind of bit of time at the cabin and his career as well. And then uh, Joe's going to stay for the uh, the meat and potatoes. You want to hit him up with the first question?
1: Yeah, so the first question is, uh, do tattoos hurt? Yeah. Yeah? You sure? Do
2: you want a longer answer?
1: Yeah, explain, explain.
2: (laughs) Yes, tattoos (laughs) hurt. Oh, I
1: like that. Yeah. That's fascinating, thank you. Yeah. Um,
2: In what respect are you asking that? What do you mean?
1: it's just the first question, because a lot of people, like, we get people come in store up to the desk asking us, do tattoos hurt, and it's always, like... Sometimes there's like a stereotypical answer of like they don't tickle and
0: It's actually the name of the segment. It is also Do yeah. tattoos hurt. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes I do. Bit tongue in cheek. Thanks. <clears throat> All right. So um what what brought you to the cabin? What what made you kinda of go, Yep, yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna come up and do it.
2: Um uh, want the long answer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well I was already visiting, we've obviously known each other quite a long time. Yep. How long?
0: Just after uh, Ben Sperms.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, you seven. Lawn, Before, I, I yeah. Yeah.
0: Before our little uh, Sandtech over here was born as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, three years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was visiting from last year. So I'd been meaning to come up for a while and I'd been visiting once a month or once every two months or so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was working privately in Sydney. Um, and then with all the COVID bullshit, I left Sydney and... We were shut down for three months. Yep. Um, and then after that, I was kind of, I'd already moved north a bit and I was a bit closer. It wasn't three hours, it was one hour away, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, why I thought I pr- it was a good, good time at, at our age to hang out a bit. Yeah. yeah. Really, you know, like. Spend a um, bit of time in yeah. our old age. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I mean, you don't go get to golfing. do it as you get older, so.
1: You guys go golfing on the weekends. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. hang out with yeah.
2: people when you're old. You I just don't do, hang do out your work and yeah. do your things and you know. Yeah. So it's good yeah. it's gotta be proximity is everything.
1: Yeah. Well that leads us to another question. Like how does it feel working with Dave after you guys have like known each other for so long? is
3: it
2: it's like easy shit. or pain in the ass. Self <laughs> <laughs> inflicted in. You decided to come here. Yeah. <laughs> um No, it's good. It's 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 like um I don't know. It's just like hanging out again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've known each other. We both know each other's families and we've, and we've worked each other together other so, so long. We we've have worked, worked together, together a few together, times, yeah. A few yeah.
0: times over the years in different yeah. um, mediums. Have we worked, well, we've worked tattoos together, but we've worked oh, at we, a plastic factory. We worked in the
2: bucket factory, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah, yeah. That's so strange. Yeah. I got yeah. the sack from that factory. Just
0: yeah. Yeah. He remembers much more stuff than I do.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at him. He looks a lot younger as well. Though. I know. We're literally six months different. Six Not months even.
1: Age, age difference. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah. yeah. I just got yeah. the Benjamin button. <laughs> Lucky. Yeah. yeah.
1: But it's awesome having you guys, like, at work, and you can definitely tell that you've got, like, a long-standing friendship because, like, the vibe the, that you guys bring to the shop with all the banter and just how comfortable you guys are around each other is awesome as well. So I think that's cool.
3: cool. Yeah.
0: Lots yeah. of stories.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sometimes I think I'm repeating myself, but, yeah. <laughs> It's a avatar you probably are
0: old man yeah that's right so <laughs> it happens
1: well um how would you describe your style
2: i always find that a difficult question um because we grew up around liking old school stuff like that was yep. really the main, the main motivator our, and that was yeah. all we were interested in when we were teenagers yeah um but I've always, I've drawn since I was a kid, and I grew up around artists and painters and things like this. So I've kind of got a mum and dad
0: were artists and painters. And yeah, my mum was an art teacher, and, and
2: my grandma was a painter and potters and musicians and things like this. So mm. uh, I've always had a fairly wide view of art. So um, actually s- struggled for a lot of the time drawing old school and putting too much in mm. because I you know want to make the um, you know, like the, the person look real or I want, you know what I mean? Like you want to add extra detail that take actually takes away from the aesthetic, mm. which the v- for viewers as well, like it. that,
0: that is a big thing as well. Like being, we're both more traditional artists and we'll get to that in the podcast, but um, <clears throat> not overdrawing traditional is actually hard.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, like that's, a that's a challenge. That's, that's I a challenge. Thought, thought yeah. That that, a challenge. Yep.
1: That's so strange.
0: Yeah
2: yeah, yeah often, you know if i draw drawing a, a girl or something i'll p- put in all the musculature and stuff like this like i know where all the things go mm. but see, if you start putting the lumps where the shoulders and the muscles and the bones and stuff are it doesn't it's look old. like doesn't it. look right it doesn't look yeah. right you know you need smooth smooth lines mm. um so i guess the the answer like i do more kind of a more illustrative old school but having worked for a while now uh, uh, there's a few styles I like and I like doing a lot of dark kind of dark or illustrative like I'm really enjoying dot, a lot of dot work at the moment yeah. um, I don't tend to do too much realism I'm Not heaps interested in it um, I feel like some people love that stuff and that's cool for them but mm. you know that's that's uh, I think a different kind of thought happy process you. that goes into that I like making shit up
1: yeah fair. if I get yeah. to make I it like up that.
2: I'm generally pretty happy
1: yeah yeah how long yeah. have you been tattooing for
2: well, I started, I did my first tattoos when I was 20 um, through Shannon at STR. He's 104 now. I'm 104 <laughs> now. <But laughs> so that was a while ago. <laughs> six to eight months or so of an apprenticeship, which I didn't even really know what I was doing. I was just an idiot and a kid. And You're
1: just there? Yeah, I just
2: yeah. an opportunity. came up to move to Newcastle and go to art school and I was just like, okay, bye and walked out yeah. of it without even thinking, knowing what I was walking out of, you know. Wow. So, so it, it took another 10 happened. years to come back. So I came back and started tattooing at, oh, probably late, like 29, 30 years old, and then 40 now, so another that 10 years. Oh wow. Yeah.
1: It's a process.
2: Yeah, it's a yeah, process. It's a yeah. yeah, I was a screen printer for 10 years, and I've done all sorts of shit. Oh wow. Yeah.
1: That's pretty cool. I learnt today that Ed Hardy was a screen printer. Yeah. Before all of the stuff, which we'll get to in the meat and potatoes as well. I learned yeah. a, I learned so much stuff today, it's awesome.
0: Doing some research.
1: Yeah, doing lots of research. It's actually fascinating. It's so cool. Like learning about the history and It's I don't
0: know. a um,
2: never ending well of people.
1: Yeah, it's so many stories, everyone's interlinked, which is like brings us back to like you guys being interlinked and like knowing all of yeah. these,
2: all yeah, all these right. people Because I was looking at a picture today of a book. Uh, by a guy, George Burchette, who I don't think you researched today. But um, I read this book by him that's quite hard to get. Like he tattooed from 19, no, uh, like an 1890-something.
1: It's a while ago.
2: Until about 1950-something. And he wrote a book with with another guy at the end of that kind of career. Mm. But reading about him tattooing in the early 1900s, as a street shop and the style like the type of people that come in and the style of tattoos like reading first hand about it is fucking really similar it's ridiculously similar wow which you wouldn't think you know what I mean and when you actually start searching for old photos and looking at really like good old photos of tattoos like you know if they're stylistically if you're looking at old school stuff it's you know it's not like you think old tattoos you know people think old tattoos are shit but there's a Mm. lot of People were doing really good work like 100 Mm -hmm. years ago. Yeah. Like portraits and stuff. You know what I mean? Stuff that you don't think they were doing. I I think the
0: further on in my career, um, you know, I I was trying to kind of get more Sailor Jerry, then a bit newer, a bit more new school. But now that the further on in my career, I'm going older Mm. and looking at older art and Mm. referencing more pre 50s so that kind wow. of era, you know. Bringing it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's, like, that people like from. that were just so cool, just so innovative.
1: Very cool. Um, all right, so with the last question or a couple of questions, so I wanted to know what is the weirdest or wackiest piece that you've done or, like, a couple of them.
2: Uh, well... What I do. Can be well crude. today I didn't did yeah. I did today I did a fucking Harry Potter wand on that girl's finger. I'm a oh, wizard. Right. Harry. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm a what? I'm a what uh, <laughs> I gotta, is this like an X rated thing I can talk about? Is she gonna put that in a wizard
0: sleeve or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Well, it's, yeah, 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 we can, you know, we're not, we're not putting it on kid-friendly places. Yeah. We try and keep the sweating down a bit, but, you know, it's also the world we work in, you know, it's yeah. not always, it's not always rude and it's different now to it was, you know, 16 years ago when, when I started and, you know, when, when we are yeah. in it, it's different, but it's, we still get those kind of rude ones. So yeah, go yeah. ahead.
2: I still think it's probably too rude, actually. Uh, so, um... Maybe the weirdest one I'll talk about, though, I had a, a fairly... Ad, I talk sometimes about the sliding scale of morals in tattooing. <laughs>
1: yes. I'm so, curious. So it depends how... So was she. You know, you can be oh a very God.
2: moral tattooist, but if you don't have any money or, you know, like if you're very quiet, then you're, you're, your moral level drops a bit and you you'll do what you need to do to get your money um you might say your piece but at the end of the day at the end of the day you got to do your tattoo so i had one only a few years ago of a guy who he'd been to a bunch of shops around sydney um and he he was he came across pretty fucking fruity um and he wanted to get uh devil horns on the top of his head like big devil horns um and he was trying to entice me, like, oh, I've got cash now. And it's like like, are cash only. So I don't give a shit if you got cash. It's the same as anybody else. Yeah. He wasn't even really offering me as much cash as I would have asked for for the job on a normal day. Yeah. And I said no a few times, but he was really agitated, and he left and came back. And, and I said, well, you know, why do you want to get devil horns in your head? He's like, I don't want to go to fucking mosque anymore. He's a Muslim guy, and he didn't want to have to go to mosque anymore. I still was like, man, he said, oh, fuck, I'm going to fucking lose it. He said, I've been to every shop and nobody will fucking tattoo me. I was oh, like, no. And, you know, he, I said, oh, I said, oh, you know, go for a walk and I'll have a think about it. So we went for a walk and asked the other people in the studio and they're like, just fucking do it. I'll take your yeah. money. So I was like, okay. So I came back and I tattooed some great big devil horns right on the top of his head. Holy moly. Yeah. Oh, wow. And he, his mood, like he was quite agitated, but his mood, he calmed down significantly. After I did it, he was just yeah. like he was happy that he got it done.
1: Yeah, you just saved, saved him. Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty did. odd. Saved
0: right? him a load of owls. It's
2: pretty yeah. odd. What else? I've strengthened a uh, a what is it? An ank, an Egyptian ank on an exorcist. Once he claimed to be an exorcist, <laughs> yeah. and he yes. already ha- already already had the tattoo, and I just oh had to God. put an extra line through it to make it stronger for the for the demon protection. Oh, oh okay.
1: That's kind of cute in a weird yeah. way.
2: That's a bit cute. What else?
0: Heaps of shit. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, well, I guess... I, I may what?
2: have done the world's biggest Southern Cross tattoo. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I might have. I don't know. <laughs> How big so was it? To, so for people, top of his neck to above you know, his tailbone. Pretty much, if it had been any bigger, it would have been in his crack. <laughs> um, so, for
0: people living overseas, because I've been looking at our stats, and we've got a fair bit in, in America watching us, so... No. Over here, southern hemisphere, there's the southern cross looking up at our, our stars. But it, it just became through the 2000s. It's the always US, been
2: an Australian icon, but there, we had some kind of racial tension and race riots. Yeah, and, yeah, and the it early became 2000s. a little bit of an icon for people bit, who, who were into that yeah, at yeah, the time. But and, then it, it moved. And, picked, and picked up a few nicknames along the way. It yeah. moved. Lots and lots of people had it.
0: Yep. It moved and away and from the racial stuff. Quite a
2: few people came and kind of got them covered because they were like, because I'm proud to be Australian, and then it took on another meaning after all, like the that's OK right. symbol at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Similar situation. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I got the nickname Aussie Swazzie. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah, it did. <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that. that, that that's what we used Holy to call it. By yeah. the
0: end of it, we, that's what we called it. It was in. after Cronulla. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh my
0: gosh. But anyway, we we used to have a like a metal rack at one of the studios I worked at that had stencils made. So we got one of the apprentices before stencil machines to hand stencil every size. <laughs> yeah. yeah yes. We had, we had photocopied of books of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Different styles. So they were all hand it was Popular.
2: Very popular tattoo. Jesus. Yeah. Fair. Um, yeah. yeah. This guy, though, he was a bit older, and I thought he might, you know, you'd look at older people sometimes, you think they might know more than you, you know, like, because they've had more experience in life. So he's this quiet, older guy. He's like, yeah, I want the Southern Cross up his back. And um, the guy at the counter, would be you know, the piercer, of course, had talked him into, oh, lads look sick with chrome. So it would end up being a chrome Southern Cross which I was just like, <laughs> fuck off, man. I just want to get the thing done, and be done with my day. So we did a chrome, gigantic chrome something Cross. But he was saying, where am I, you know, like, I don't know, maybe the six, the sixth star is going to have to go, like, on my stomach or on my ribs <laughs> or something like that. And I was like, I don't know about the sixth star, but I was like, I didn't want to appear like a dickhead. So I was like, maybe it's part of the constellation that I, it's like they just don't show it on the flag or something, you know. Yeah, but he's yeah. He's about 60 or something, so I thought, I oh, he surely knows if he's going to get his whole back tattooed. So I kind of was like, I'll okay, go, yeah, sort that out. And I kind of did a little bit of a, a goggle about it. And I was just like, no, he's definitely talking because on the, our flag, we have another star that is for the states. It's not part of the constellation. Yeah. But obviously this dude getting his whole back tattooed with the Southern Cross didn't understand that. So he was thinking the six star that's way over here on the flag was going to wrap all the way around. <laughs> onto his stomach. So they're yeah, going to go and break the news to him. Which well he then would... he would have got the Union Jack here. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. They ended up that's doing dedication. a gigantic boxing kangaroo in the middle of it. Yeah, wow. it, was it would a real... have made it heaps better. Yeah, and he had a manly seagulls on the other shoulder. And then he wanted to come back for a red back on the dunny seat on the other shoulder but he never turned <laughs> up for that and it's uh, the only one I really wanted to do yeah
0: that always happens Damn it. Yeah. yeah all right so for the for the little kind of interview section this that this will be the last question but we'll, we'll um Joe's gonna stay on for the for the next section but um last question so your biggest challenge so far in the industry what are you it's, it's a hard one to answer because there is so many there yeah. is so yeah, there's many a, There's a lot of things but I think the
2: hardest thing is getting the, the customer base that you, you need like getting you know like, you did, like being a tattooist you do tattoos you know, <coughs> you do whatever comes you know if you're capable of it you fucking do it you yep. know what I mean that's the way I look at it like it's you know that's that's just the job but yeah. you, want to, you want to encourage more of the things that you want to do. Like a type of Yeah, that you're audience. passionate about. Yeah, that you're yeah. passionate about things that will kind of make your day not feel like work. Yeah. Um, so I think, like, finding that base is... It's always good. Like you get customers that become, you know, like they're your customers and they'll follow you around and, and Everywhere, they're, they're yeah, fantastic yeah. Yep. Yep. And kind of people. Free. Yeah,
0: well, I had one back yeah. today from maybe four years ago. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. People, you know, they might get a sleeve or half a sleeve, disappear for two or three years then come back and get a bit more. And then, so, you know, I've got customers that I've been, you know, tattooing for almost the whole time I've been working now. Yeah, yeah. Um, they might disappear for a while and you think, oh, I wonder what happened to them. And then they'll just contact you again and be like ready to go again. But yeah, it's it's. I think finding finding the right uh, customer base and the right amount of the right ratios of kind of doing fun stuff as to just doing jobs. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fair. Yeah. And then you, you like you you enjoy your fun stuff. You do enjoy the other stuff as well. I'll, yeah. I've always. Put, yeah, a lot uh, of stuff is fine. Like yeah, yeah, you know, that's you right.
2: you enjoy it, and you always try and do a good job. But yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, there's it's like a balancing act type of thing. It's like
0: yeah. Yeah. I've always used the other stuff as a challenge to make my stuff better, anyway. Mm. You know, so all right, yeah, yeah, that, that's right. You always pick up Celtic stuff, and, or you know, yeah. and, and it's like if you hate
2: doing it, there's probably something you need to learn about doing it. That's right. Yeah. You know, you pretty hate it because you're finding it difficult, and then yeah. you should get better at it. So. Yeah, yeah. And you never know, you might learn something that will feed back into your own, uh, your own kind of
3: mm.
2: imagery. That's fair.
0: All right, so we're going to um, we'll finish that segment up, but Joe, as I say, Joe's going to stay for the next segment. We're, we're yeah, going to... Get back. Um... <laughs> back off. I'm going with me beard.
3: <laughs>
0: <See ya. laughs> All right, so hang around for the next segment. All right, guys, we're into the next segment. This is called Meat and Potatoes so this this part's more we'll change every week as i've said for the last couple of podcasts but people that have just stumbled onto this one we'll just try and delve a little bit into what the cabin is about but more in the form of some history of so we're a tattoo shop we're also a coffee coffee shop um, a music venue and a recording studio so all of it is based around that but we try and Remove it from the shop a little bit, go into a bit of history or what wherever it takes us, basically. Yeah, so
1: just something educational and interesting.
0: Yep. So we're me and Joe both being more traditional style artists. We both differ in the way we do traditional, but um, we thought we'd go into more traditional history, I guess. Yeah. Um, we're not we're not going right back to dates and this person started this and that person took it on but we're just picking a few artists that we know a little bit about and we've done a bit of research on and we're gonna we're gonna kick off with that and chat about that chat about that
1: yeah so I thought I'd start off with a um a little fact so the oldest known tattoo is uh, on a 5,000 year old mummy and they were found with 57 tattoos like, okay. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah,
0: like ho- was any I of them a one Southern one. Cross?
1: <laughs> no, they were not the Southern Probably cross. not
0: being from Egypt. No. I think, I think <laughs> there's, a, there's a horse on one of them.
1: A horse? Or something oh,
0: yeah. like a horse. And a the, little, um, was it a... F- yeah. I
1: can't remember yep. if it was a female, but there was yeah, a lady was. who had a really cool. Um, I thought you were horse. saying
0: she was a whore.
1: A <laughs> horse? Yeah. Whore. yeah. 57 tattoos, one for. 7,000 euros. Um.
0: Yeah, so back in the day, (laughs) (laughs) yeah,
1: Yeah, so back in the day, uh, respectable people didn't really get tattoos, but by the 1700s, that started to change when the sailors started documenting their travels, um, like over the sea and all their journeys and stuff. So tattoos were mostly for uh, people living outside the constraints of mainstream society, such as sailors and circus freaks, and it stayed that way for approximately 200 years or so. I read. Mm.
2: Um, Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. Hmm. What's mm. your opinion? Uh,
2: it was, from what I understand, it, w- it was quite popular. It went through periods of popularity, mm. like even early 1900s, uh, late 1800s. It was quite popular, like for you know, like in
1: the when the early what
2: the 1900s. Yeah,
1: 1900s. but before, like. So
0: you're talking pre that. <coughs>
1: yeah. Oh well, I guess, so 17, 1700 so two hundred years to after about, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So early
0: okay, yeah. And I think that set the standard still to today. So you're talking the popularity early nineteen hundreds. In what kind and of crowd of though? Going and All sorts. There used to be like
2: uh, Yeah, it since there like I was talking about George Burchett before.
1: So this is before oh. World War Two?
2: This is before World War One okay um so the it was like uh i think it was Fr- prince frederick or king frederick or something like this was fucking out a bodysuit um yeah but a lot of our, our arist- the aristocracy had uh had tattoos and it was like you know that traveling in like you know the english were expanding around the world and you know one of their kind of parlor things was like got oh, this tattoo here a lot of them got them in england mm. From people like George Burchette And they would lie about Where they got them On their travels But There was Like
0: an original um, Passport stamp Yeah Like they, they would show
2: off You know It was like a parlour Like oh well you know I've been into the Into fucking Africa And you know I've got these tattoos You know what I mean That was all what You know you are a man You've travelled the fucking world and Yeah yeah oh, wow. Done your thing And so that was like a Commoners used to get them And the same stuff That people get now Like roses and love hearts And things that were popular hmm. Um you know, at times, pictures of the king or, or <coughs> things like this. But, um, but yeah, also uh, aristocracy kind of got them. And even um, uh, cosmetic tattooing, I think George Burchette started that in the early 1900s as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's he had a separate cool. name. He had a French guy in a, in a different parlour, a French guy, and he was called Dr. Burchette. And this French guy would, would kind of court the... Uh, the uh, high class ladies you know you could fix up beauty spots and even out skin tones and oh, wow. and you would he, they would sell him at a much higher rate and you'd have a, a very fancy French kind of guy you know taking the bookings and
1: to escort them in
2: yeah, yeah. that's
1: pretty cool I anyway yeah it, it's, it's, it's
2: it's funny like it's when I grew up it was like yeah it's like a bikers criminals thing is what we kind of thought about what it. we knew it as but that was really something i think that took hold in the mid 1900s like mm. in 50s 40s 60s i don't really know when that kind of took hold but that yeah. was kind of what we were coming out of i guess when we sort of learning yeah that's finding right. out about tattoos it was a a bit taboo but before previously to that it had been less so
0: yeah 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 so that's yeah. what i reckon's happened over the years so you know talking that getting popular in the early 1900s and I think it still does it. It gets really popular and then it kind of turns into something else and then it's back up popular and, and yeah. just in, so my 16-year career and, I, you know, I'd like to say maybe our 20-year mm. career in, well, mm. over 20, I guess. yeah 23 or four in uh, getting tattoos and aspiring and hanging around shops and that kind of stuff. <clears throat> we've seen so much of that hmm. you know, when when we first yeah. were getting tattooed it kind of hit a bit of a boom hmm. um, but then it kind of dropped again and you know, we've seen yeah. a lot of that happen, I think that will always happen
1: Yeah. so maybe this is relevant to like that wave of popularity so I've got like um, information about, like, when uh, World War II came along. So, well, when World War II happened. So there was millions of American, like, young American men were faced with um, the reality of war, and majority of these young men were stopping on the shores of uh, Honolulu in Hawaii. Um, so I've got this, uh, this area was the ultimate shore leave destination for millions of servicemen. It was also home to the tattoo shop of the heavily inked former Navy man named Norman Collins, so, a.k.a. Sailor Jerry. Um, So Sailor Jerry made a significant, made significant contributions to the art of tattooing and basically revolutionized the industry. So he invented needle formations that embedded pigment and much, with much less trauma to the skin and uh, became one of the first artists to utilize single use needles. Um, his studio was also the first to use an autoclave to sterilize equipment, and he invented the purple pigment used for tattoos. Mm. He smoked while he tattooed all the
2: Australian time. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. really? Right. He's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah he's he's, he's the, renowned for his. You're, pipe. You're they, did that up ballads, the, they did that up to the. They did that up to the nineties. But he was. Um, Two thousands yeah. really. The, the reason he revolutionalized <coughs> a lot of it, even design-wise, his designs were slightly different than the American traditional. That came before because he was one of the first guys to be a. He was a letter writer, and he had friends in the, with Japanese kind of mm. uh, masters at the time, and they would exchange letters. And he was a sailor, like yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things about him was he could do like he, when he did ships, <coughs> like a sailing ship, he could do the rigging and stuff. He just knew how it was supposed to work. He, he, yeah, because he, he worked. He worked on the ships. He knew what the knew what all the fucking ropes did. He wasn't just putting mm. weed wacky lines in there or yeah just he just knew knew what it was meant to do yeah but yeah so he was writing letters back and forth so he was kind of introducing things like um washes was one of the things that he really started using that people weren't really using at the time and also just a sleek kind of the the designs the Japanese spent a lot of time a lot of time um refining kind of uh, uh what am I trying to say the um Help me out here, the um, like
0: line work or No no just the, the
2: way the picture sits together, you know. Like I mean? composition. Like composition and stuff like yeah. this and yeah, and just the neat line work and neat neat planes of things. So he took a lot of that mm. stuff and applied it to American traditional and that's probably why it looks so good I still. still
0: think they're the masters of composition. Yeah. And that's how Well they got a lot the of Western lot, a lot world. more practice
2: than the Western world, I don't think. Yeah, know. that's right.
0: And that's how the Western world has <clears throat> obviously taken tattooing to another level but i i always think it was from that and and he's so well known for going over to japan and learning i'm not sure the guy he learned under do you know who he learned under no it was something we maybe put on the video or whatever in the in the, the show notes but um yeah so he went and learned under a japanese artist mm. and like really early in his career and that that changed the way he did things which then changed the way a lot of artists did especially through america
3: Hmm.
1: interesting um yeah so a little bit on the end of sailor jerry so i've got here that sailor jerry wanted one of at least uh three of his proteges or friends so one of like either ed hardy (coughs) mike malone or zeke owen to take over his shop and he was like or else burn it when i die so that was like very dramatic but um
2: do you know the purple the purple story?
1: Oh, Dave was telling me earlier the pur- like the pigment comes from Australian rocks, is it?
2: I don't know where the pigment yeah, comes from. Yeah, So, oh,
0: so, what's so the he, story? he did he yeah. travelled to Australia. Um, <sighs> there's there's a massive story to this that which people can kind of go and read. We can only get into it a little bit, but there's someone that suggested to him there is purple pigment in Australia, so pigment taken from crushed down rocks, um, but you've got to go to Australia to get it. So we did. Really? and it, yeah, he come here. not
2: get the rocks delivered here. or anything? Well, or the, was, like, um, not, Cause the story, I know, I think it's in that Horri Smoku uh, yeah, yeah. documentary, because he wasn't the only tattooer <clears throat> in the area. There was quite a lot. Of, I can't remember the other guy's name. He was also was a fairly a... renowned tattooer. Yeah, yeah. That's true. But basically, the, the other tattooer was, was in the newspaper. Saying, oh, you know, we have five colors. You know, you know, like for instance, you know, you'll never see someone do a purple dragon. And yeah, so, Sailor like Jerry was just view. like, "Yeah, fuck you! I bet you I can." So he yeah. worked it out, yeah. and then he sent, he, he tattooed a purple dragon on a on a sailor and sent him down to the other shop and oh was so like, "Go go in there and ask for a purple dragon." He said, "You know, can <laughs> I have a purple dragon?" He said, "No, you know, you'll never get a purple dragon." He said, "Well, I got this one down the street." You know what I mean? Oh fuck you! Gosh. Yeah, yeah.
3: Wow was so, sassy so as so fuck. Well, yeah, it was pretty sassy. <laughs> but it was just kind of to piss the
2: other guy off. And, and, that, <laughs> and that's me. what he was like and, as a and person. And to cut, to cut his, you know, cut in the competition a bit. Yeah, yeah.
0: But that's what he was like as a person. I've got his, um, I've got a book that, it's around here somewhere in our studio, but it's, um, <clears throat> there was only 50 ever made and I got it personally from uh, Shanghai Kate, so he's Apprentice. Um, 50 ever made, there were, there'll be no more made after that, blah, 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 but... Um, yeah, he just the trouble he caused around the industry and like things like that. He would go to extents to yeah. you know, you can't do purple. Well, I'll, I'll make that happen, just to wow. annoy that person. And you know, so which is you know, it's it's such a cool part of our industry. Yeah. You know, we still get it now, and it pisses us off, obviously. But
1: competitive um, shithead.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. He sounds great. <laughs> um yeah so sailor jerry i've got here um has had many friends and admirers and we'll chat more about ed hardy who i mentioned before so we'll chat about him soon but i wanted to talk about his competition um lyle tuttle who also sounded like he was very opinionated and a bit of a, a bit of a troublemaker bit of a
0: <laughs>
2: bit of ladies man yeah. He was
0: definitely a ladies' man. I I can attest to this. Oh, God. I'm not going to get into the story, but um, I spent a week with Lyle Tuttle in the Philippines. And, um, yeah, just some of the personal pictures he showed me were...
3: Some (laughs) of his comments. They
0: were great. (laughs) But awesome guy. Such an awesome guy. Like, maybe meeting him in the, the 50s, 60s would have been a different... Kettle of fish, story. but you know, I met him in his sixties, late sixties, yeah. you know, so um just an a wealth of knowledge. Um I was, you know, going back to the Sailor Jerry so I spent about three days with him and um we we just got on really well. So we spent most of the time together. Um we ended up judging so we did a tattoo convention over there and we judged it together, so you know, I got got to judge a. that'd be a, a really cool experience yeah here. that was that was awesome hmm. um oh fuck i just lost me trying to thought
1: you were judging spent time with him oh, the Sailor shit, yeah. Jerry's. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. i'll just clap again so, um. you know. so yeah we'll judge in this competition and um i i walked out i I kind of knew about the whole him and Sailor Jerry but had kind of forgotten about it and, but wore a big Sailor Jerry shirt <laughs> and he um, basically said, oh, you cunt.
1: <laughs> trader." <laughs> yeah.
0: And I'm like, what, what? <laughs> the shirt, you know. Oh, but then he, you know, he, it was all tongue in cheek and he, he was like, he actually got onto the story of them ripping off, his wife right for the for the ram and all that and yeah yeah so he was although they would hated each other forever I think later on they didn't hate each other as much so and much, then yeah. him knowing that he'd been ripped off hurt his feelings because he knew the legacy mm. yeah
2: so you yeah know. so Sailor Jerry if you're listening maybe Chuck uh, Chuck his wife a few dollars yeah <laughs> <It's> that, like, <laughs> that would be
0: nice <laughs> in her old age
2: yeah
3: <laughs>
0: Um, but, yeah, yeah, so that was... It was good, actually. It, it sparked a massive conversation, and, yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Um, you probably got a bit more on the history of him. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he added to the industry massively. It,
1: yeah. yeah, so I've got... Um, so Lionel Tuttle bought his first tattoo, um, <coughs> which was a heart with mum in the banner, for just $3.50 from a circus when he was 14. I thought that was pretty cool Um, so he started off his career when he was just 18 and opened up his own studio in 1954 at the age of 23 and he ran that shop for nearly 30 years so he is quoted to say that he opened up the shop to get tattooing out of the back alley Um, so Lyle stated that his um, popularity grew with the women's liberation movement of the 1960s where women began expressing themselves some more Um, he once told a reporter With more freedom, more women got tattooed. Back in the day, I was in more panties than a gynecologist because women were getting their tattoos inside the bikini line, so little rosebuds and butterflies. I thought that was brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And
0: he was in more... Later in life, too. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> Not <star>. involving tattooing. <laughs> um,
1: he was known as the first tattoo artist of the 20th century to go mainstream and even appeared on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine in October of 1970 for tattooing famous musicians and actors such as Janis Joplin, Joan um, Bayes. Uh, I said that wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> Bayes, <laughs> yeah. Bayes? Bayes. Uh The Allman Brothers, Sher and Henry Fonda. Um, so Lyle was very vocal about his opinions on the art of tattooing So he'd appear in magazines, newspaper articles And even as a guest on The Tonight Show uh, He would talk to anyone that would listen And Sally Jerry wasn't too shy to comment on Lyle's shameless self-promotion um, He would tell artists and customers that came into his shop that Lyle was a sellout um, Sailor Jerry felt so strongly about the topic that he cut out Well's photo from his Rolling Stone article and pasted it onto his toilet and told his friends and colleagues that he was going to use it as target practice.
3: <laughs> 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 so sassy.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, that's the information I have on him. It's pretty, you. Know, there was a lot of a lot of stuff. That yeah, there's said, a lot like, of stuff on what he's yeah. done.
0: But yeah, yeah, he's he really is known for his kind of showmanship as well as, you know... Tattooing famous people, and mm. uh, Salagiu would have tattooed famous people. He was as kind well. of an ambassador for tattooing for a long
2: time, wasn't he? So like no Tuttle.
0: Da- he was. That's yeah. how he
2: kind of set himself up.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, like even even to this day, um, you search like full body tattoos, and you you'll get kind of Japanese, um, traditional Japanese guys and with their full body suits, but you'll... You get a Lyle picture of Lyle Tuttle with his shirt Lyle Tuttle will always come up with his shirt off, you know, and that's...
1: He seemed to spend a lot of time with his shirt off. There's so many photos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's
0: right. He, he was, was a good-looking man in his body. That's right. It was a bit of a... It was a famous sex icon as well. Oh, my Lord. You know, so... That's fair. But, um... <clears throat> yeah, I think his career was massive because of, you know, him being able to sell himself and
3: mm.
0: you know and artists still Pretty don't like Christ that Christ. now like um <clears throat> i did so many years in the music industry i had to learn how to sell myself and market and and, we've, and yeah. we've done that here and you know we've we've got issues with other people that don't like that you know we, we sell out because we do that and i, I think that's ridiculous you know yeah so same as him back then, you know, he he'd just learned another way to yeah. get above.
3: Yeah,
1: that's yeah. all it is. And he marketed himself as a um, tattoo artist for the celebs. Like, yeah, he did yeah. that, and he, he did a great job of it. Obviously. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, he
2: yeah he achieved mean, what he set out to achieve. At the time, bullshitting to get your jobs was painless tattooing and fucking all yeah, the stuff right. like it was just common common to bullshit your way into as much work as you can
0: yep yeah well that that was a big thing through yeah. the 50s as well was um painless tattooing so really? you'd you'd see these cool yeah. old, cool old posters that were um yeah, i can't imagine anything would have been painless but uh, no yeah. back then as well like even when that, we this started, throws back
2: to do tattoos
0: hurt <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right, that's, yeah but um, yeah like a lot of the shops would have painless tattooing down the pillars and stuff like that so oh Let's go there, you know. Wow. I, I want to go to that shop. Fresh needles and tuned
2: machines. That might be as close as you get to painless. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to the guy down the street. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it chews in. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Alright, so um, going on to Ed Hardy, I have some information. Uh, so Ed Hardy might... Um, be well known as a creator of colourful apparel adorned in rhinestones but he's also known as having a strong influence in the development of modern tattoo styles. So he's described as a pioneer in the field for pushing the art form to new heights and for publishing books that told the history of the craft. Um, He was a student of Sailor Dairy and through his association he was able to study tattooing in Japan in 1973 with a classical Japanese tattoo master. Um, He became recognized for incorporating Japanese tattoo aesthetics and technique into his American style work. He was known to create custom tattoos tailored to the specific wishes of the customers, which was a total game changer for the time. Um, In 1974, he opened up his own shop called the Realistic Tattoo Studio, and it said that it was the first in the U.S. to operate as an appointment-only shop. Um, in 1977, he met Charlie Cartwright and Jack Rudy, the tattoo artist from Los Angeles, and they were offering the first professional prison-style prison black and grey tattoos. Um, he hardly recognised how special this new style was um, to the art of tattooing and got involved with these guys. Which they call Chicano. Chicano.
0: Yep, yeah. and that's a
2: byproduct of Freddie Neg- Negretti. Negret. Yep. Mm.
1: yep. Um, so there's just like a little bit more information about... Um, When uh, Charlie Cartwright left the business, Hardy established Tattoo Land with Rudy to preserve the black and grey shop. Um, And then Ed Hardy also opened up his famous studio, Tattoo City, which was the first... uh, Oh, sugar. The first was at Mission Street in San Francisco. So that's a little bit of Ed Hardy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I think he cops... Ed Hardy was a real artist, he
2: was. He was an amazing <coughs> artist. Artist, and artist
0: first, tattoo, tattoo later.
2: Yeah, he, he's he was just a real powerhouse, and all the stuff with the clothing and the rhinestones—that was some silly fuck with Christian Christian <coughs> that, Audiger, Yeah, that was sold. Fucked.
0: He he. That was sold out from under him, and. Yeah, yeah, no, he sold it on, but um, he sold it for for bugger all as well, um, or maybe I'm wrong, maybe, but um. Basically, it was still kind of cool looking stuff at the stage he sold it on. It was. Mm. And, and
1: then just got like bastardized. It just got
0: bastardized. Yeah. You know, and I'm pretty sure he hates it, but. Fair. You know, it's sold on now and it's now been and gone. I don't think anyone wears that kind of stuff anymore. Maybe in Rutherford down the road. <laughs> <laughs> that's still been in their closet since the 90s, anyway. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or whenever it happened. But um, yeah, I, I think he did uh, again, did a lot for the industry, a lot for bringing bringing it into the modern world. You kind of think what he would bring to the world now.
2: Well, I think in, he. In I wonder if he's the first uh, to really kind of exhibit in galleries with tattoo like I mean, like a a high-profile artist to to exhibit tattoo-style artwork in galleries. Because he did, I rem- was talking before about the thousand dragons or two thousand dragons, that his exhibition he had, which yep. was uh, quite amazing. I remember reading about it in some of the early tattoo magazines yep, yep. that I ever got my hands on, and early juxtapose it was in. Um, yeah i don't know he, he's he's a bit of a legend i reckon like he yep. is his artwork is actually amazing it's it's annoying that people you know
0: laugh at his name
2: laugh at the name after all the shit clothing because he's a fucking phenomenal powerhouse of an
0: artist kind of like von dutch in the um in the way road he, world yeah the, art, the way art, he got kind world. of
2: exploited as well he, exploited. he was an exploited. asshole
0: too and wife beater and mm. stuff like that but um
1: that aside
0: that aside he you know <clears throat> um he's his art was amazing and mm. you know so it's, it's similar kind of it's
1: been overshadowed feels,
2: yeah yeah that's fair yeah um <coughs> yeah i don't know what to say about hardy he's just awesome like uh, one of the shops i worked in had a lot of a lot of original prints and artworks yeah. that they were just fucking amazing hanging on the wall all the time like you I don't know. He's he's really, like, I think the the basis of what I like in old school, that he's probably the kind of more, most modern, um, modern kind of... Version of it. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy that you kind of would like to be able to just knock him out of your head like that. It would be great. Yep. Hmm. Um, cool. Yeah, and he made a lot of it. Like, he was prolific as well.
0: Yeah. So I think... Um, <laughs> That's probably I think the three artists is great for this, and obviously you guys watching listening, whether you're on the podcast form or the YouTube form um, <clears throat> will be saying oh there was there's much much more um, bones to that, yeah, that kind of thing like, we do know that this
2: is like yeah. the the froth on the top of the coffee that's know? right you know
0: so we, we are we there's are so kind many of names yeah like, that's as right well as and reading there's,
3: the articles is just
1: a bunch of people that obviously have impacted the industry it's like, similar
0: to the music industry as well whereas you kind of get these these bands like you know say led zeppelin or whatever and you can pick their influences and that's what made that sound happen but they more famous, you know. So roots same, roots. same as this. There's, yeah. there's so much backstory to these guys, um, which over the time we will, we will get into, we will delve a little bit further. Maybe next time, mm. Joe's on, we'll kind of, yeah, okay, we'll do the more traditional might thing. Prepare next time. Might prepare. <laughs> he didn't know what he was walking into. No. Right. And as I say, look, we're we're pretty new to this podcast thing, so we're every week we're trying to get them better, um, less awkward, less. More organization, that kind of mm. thing. So bear with us and they're they are gonna get better. But um, I think that'll finish off this segment and um, mm. next segment would just be a quick one called What the f- is That Sound.
1: Yes. <laughs> I think that we've oopsed it every time it's yeah, like yeah.
3: What, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> All right, so hang around for that <laughs> section.
2: You're that this fuck is that sound. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, welcome back to this segment called.
1: What the f- is this
2: sound? It's the sound of Jackson not being behind the camera.
0: Yeah, it's it weird, is. isn't it?
4: It's not. Um, okay. The goblins are not supposed to be let in front of cameras. It's like elf on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> elf <laughs> under the We've shelf. We've broken the rules. <laughs> We've put the water on the gremlin rat
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So basically, what this segment is is, as Susan. Musos, we, we bring down some, uh, some gear to test out that we have in our studio. Our studio is pretty, um, pretty stocked with gear, isn't it, Joe? It's full. It's full. Yeah. It's not
2: full. I, can, I bet you can buy heaps more. Like, it's I full bet. as <laughs> a fat woman's sock. <laughs> but it's quite full, yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I've, sp- I've spent a long time finding places for the fill stuff.
0: You have. Which is you good. Have. All right. So this week we've got... So what are we up to snare-wise? I think we're about 15. No, more.
4: Ah, uh, yeah closer oh. to 20 so such a good
3: name
4: snare so we've
0: got about about 20 snares up there and each one of them sound different yeah so uh part of this segment is we're going to explain why we've got different snares show the difference <laughs> and, and then um and we get to hear snares yeah, it's and it's loud yeah and um is going to explain what she is and joe and joe yeah. All right. He's a bit more versed than Ori is in the snare world Because <laughs> he owns his own snares
1: snare. <laughs> I don't know why it's affecting me <laughs> look,
0: look,
4: at, look at his you snare You trap rabbits and you <laughs> trap
0: two What's over the snares? This
1: is a few
4: snares Alright,
0: so we've got a Mapex sledgehammer here
4: <laughs> Stop doing endo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no <laughs> Broken leg, full of endo. Yep. <laughs> you just keep the endone in there So you just like yeah. alright so Mapex Sledgehammer so this is a a custom well it's Black Panther Black Panther yeah yeah Um, this is
2: Sonic Saver here I think you got it wrong saves your Sonics
4: is this a Panther that's a so Sonic Sabre. What's the color of that Panther, Joe? That's a fucking cat. What's that? Say? That's, that's what's a that Sonic Sabre I mean, just technically. there. Black.
2: So what does this mean? They've that there for nothing. No,
4: it's just a fucking rainbow. You mean that's, they just pr- the they just
2: bothered printing that on there for no reason? Alright, you own one snare, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I don't own yeah, yeah. any snares.
4: Sorry, Tiara owns one snare, Joe.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying, you're just mislabeling this. This product. These people. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> a they, they put a lot of time <laughs> and effort into this, and you're you're out here promoting the wrong thing. okay. So right. what is it? It's a Black Panther Mapex Sonic Saber.
1: <laughs> it's a snare. It's a
2: snare. with Black Panther Remo skins. Yes, I actually. can. I, I don't know anything about snares. I can
0: see that from here.
4: I want to put Evans on it.
2: Yeah, it's a I mind. like Evans. Well, then you wouldn't get the Panther logo
0: on the top. That's true. Well, That's true. well I mean, it did come Sonic out though. with Remo. Um, we are Evans fans here at the cabin, but it, it still does sound good with the um, with the Remo on <laughs> <wasn't> it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the black panther is hand hammered. So every one of them is different and it's um, made out of brass. So what this gives you is um actually I'll, I'll hit it first and we'll get Ori to explain what it gives you. And then I'll explain properly.
4: All right. This room's going to hurt by the way. Oh.
0: Yep. Fuck. Yep. <sighs>
1: Sounds angry. Sounds hand hammered.
0: <laughs> sounds hand hammered. Yep. Hand
1: hammered.
0: Like young Jackson over here. Hand hammered. <laughs> <laughs> He's single, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> and hand hammered. Yeah, I've been doing my own hammering for too long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alright, so, what did it sound like?
1: Oh, it sounds aggressive. It sounds right. angry. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's right. That's, That's what yeah. brass for you. Yep, there's
4: a reason they make trumpets out of this shit. Yep,
0: so it is. It's, it's it, this is our most aggressive snare in our whole arsenal of snares, <laughs> snare arsenal. Um, <laughs> but it actually you can play some. Really, you can play cool. some real jazzy low stuff as well. It just cuts but,
2: through. Yep, I, yeah, I cut. imagine that could sound like a machine gun if you wanted it to. Yep. Yeah, that's
0: right.
4: This is the MG42 right
0: there. <laughs> All right, so yes, this is our loudest. Mm. Um, so if we need something to cut through a mix, really loud band, um, this is the one we'll It'll pick do to it. do that. It's the All right.
1: Bleeding Eardrums 3000.
0: It is. Yeah. Yep. It's, a, <laughs> it's a great stage there, but also if we do have, because we, we record in a dead room upstairs at the studio, so if we do have a really, really loud drummer, <coughs> this will cut through the mix
4: And cymbal bashes as well. Yes. This is good for that. All right. And it just sounds good. And it's freaking heavy. Oh, yeah. Hand hammered. All right. Uh, let's go. This, oh, this has an Evans on it. So we're sticking to Mapex, aren't we? Yeah, this is all Mapex. Right? This, this is all, MAPEX. all Black Panther. I just realized. Yep. It's the Black Panther episode.
1: What's that sound it's making when you're moving it? Like tingly sound?
4: That's the... Um, That's the snare. The, the what? Flip it over and show the bottom. Yeah, let's yeah. Them. check this out. It's got a little wire on. The so, back.
3: Oh. Oh. turn
4: yeah. the turn the snare that's off.
2: That's
1: pretty cool. It's like what the girls wear. is like the chokers. You can take that. The that yeah, that's and wear exactly what
2: choker. it is. It came from Hot Topic.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now,
4: now give it a. So so now it sounds like sa- yeah, it sounds like Saint Anger now. Look <laughs> at me learning things. Yeah. Yeah, that's for you, know. Scott. Yes, yeah, Scott. Watching. Scott likes Saint Anger.
0: He loves Metallica, so I'm sure oh. he'd. Uh, no, except you, that album
4: metallica is weird because some people like st anger and some don't because it has cursing in it and metallica oh. never cursed in their albums before oh, wow. Saint Anger. Okay. all
0: right moving on
4: that's, <laughs> that, that, that's <laughs> an incredibly boring line of questioning yeah. and, and uh,
2: inquiry going on what
0: there all right <laughs> so this is a very cheap version from of the hand sticky things, things. things
4: So your grandma doesn't run into your glass window <laughs> in Christmas time when she's had one too many brandies. Yeah. And how many times did
2: that happen before you got one of those? Four. Four.
0: <laughs> so what that gives you is a slight bit of dead- deadening. So it's what's it called, Jacqueline? You should put that on the label. It's called a it's moon
4: called gel. gel. Well, moon gel the brand, it's isn't about it? Three of them. Yeah, the so this is this <laughs> is like, uh, <laughs> like the band. This is the Kmart <laughs> version. Yeah. This is the
0: plaster version of a band aid. For tone. Alright, so same thing, I'm going to hit this. So, what we have different though is this is maple. We have um, a maple wooden snare over. It's not hand hammered. No. It's not hand.
4: It's hand
0: maple cut down or something. No. So, much more sedate. <laughs> this is a 13-inch yeah. snare, that was a 14. Um, so it's gonna give you a much more controlled sound.
4: This one's pretty dark as well, which I yes. really like. Yeah, I
2: like that. It's better. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. For me. It's
1: less ear so what does it sound ball like attacking? to you, Ari? I like it. It sounds like a like a, a, a deeper sound.
4: Just like yep. a nicer. So deeper
0: is a, along the lines of what we'd say of darker. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah more or less. Less sounds um, more dunky.
0: More, donkey, yeah, more
1: the,
4: Less of like a less of that high end attack that yep. smacks mm-hmm. you right in the head.
0: So you've got a when we get um, drummers that are quite they've come from a school of jazz kind of thing and they might be playing rockabilly or um, blues kind of stuff. We'll often give them this this snare's just got just enough attack to get through the mix yes. without. Completely taking over yeah. the mix. It's got less
4: ring as well, which is sort of. No- well, I mean, ring depends on what you like. Some people really love ring. Some people don't. Really <laughs> really. But this this doesn't have a lot of ring. You, you like ring? Like the the same. Anger. Of ring. Yeah. I thought yeah. like you said rim. That's <laughs> yeah. rim. You can. can yeah. you some rim. Can like you do a rim shot, rim? Ferrari?
0: Hold on. <laughs> that was bad. I can't get. I can't get the uh, oh, yeah. stick up. It's called a rim shot.
1: A rim shot. Yep.
0: it is. That, that's <laughs> not a joke. That is that's called the a rim, shot. rim shot. That's the AJ rim shot. That's before porn.
1: Before porn. Yeah, probably before. yeah. I don't
0: know. All right. So we're at same yeah. size snare.
1: This one looks pretty. This it's pretty good.
4: Like one it. is very pretty. Good. I tried to make my drummer British. use this one, but he wanted to use the, the second less good one than the um, Ludwig, Black Beauty. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um. So this is. Slightly shallower than the other snare, but same circumference. It's made of cherry. Cherry? It's made of cherry wood.
1: Mm. Mmm. Delicious.
0: Um, so this will be a bit brighter than the maple. Um, we'll hit it first and we'll, we'll ask your expertise on this one. This is my favorite one.
1: I like, it's, it's a, the sound is wider. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. But like it's dunk, dunk, a but fuller sound. twonk. Yep,
0: twon. Yeah, it goes out yes. like that. The it's,
1: yeah. not a, it's not a dunk, dunk, but Pretty it's a twonk. Pretty
0: spot on. So we'll, yeah. we'll pick this on a lot of mixes actually. Yep. Um, 14 snares. So this is a 13-inch snare. 14 snares are, are more what people use. 13s, you know, a lot of people do use them, but they're, they're less widely used. Yep. But this will really cut through a mix in the right way
4: yeah i fucking love this
0: yeah so we'll we'll often um start of our our kind of sessions upstairs we'll we'll pull out a load of snares and get the drums to hit them and they pick what they want we'll we'll then go on and kind of say look for your mix i think this one might be better and it might not be this one it might be might be this one, but, um...
2: Yeah, it'd be, point, it'd be pointless listening to them if you always said that one.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: that's
4: right. Yeah. I do say that one a lot, though, because I like it. Yeah. No one ever listens to me.
0: <clears throat> no. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just a, a well... So we'd call this a well-rounded snare. It's it No. Um, <clears throat> it's got a nice round. F- nice, full-sounding snare. Um, what wires we got on this? Oh, we've just got 24s. Um... I didn't realise there's a different wires. You could get. There's different wires. Yeah, they just learned there was wires.
3: Yeah,
2: on
0: different the chokers. This this different chokers. So that <laughs> that one's that 42? one's from David Jones, and this <laughs> one's
2: from Hot Topic.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the cheaper
2: one. <laughs> or Dangerfield. So that's <laughs> a forty-two. Dangerfield. That's Dangerfield. a twenty-four. I just
4: learned yesterday Dangerfield's expensive. I didn't know. Yeah, no. Dangerfield's mm.
2: alright. No, it's cheaper. Oh, okay. Is it cheaper?
1: It's cheaper compared to like authentic like stuff.
0: Like Gucci and. The... Well, this is a tangent. We don't need to go on. That's right. All right, so we're just doing the three snares for today, but basically, it's it's just such a a, a nice cutting snare. um, I'm really
1: excited to see my face react to all of these when I look back on. We should
0: we should have filmed that bit in slow mo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, How many chins? I'm sure we can. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we can edit in slow mo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so this one we often put a moon gel on as well. Um, it's just pretty has, ringy with it. It's pretty ringy. Right, I see. Um, so your moon gel cuts out that. Um, depending on the snare, it's also that one cool. only needs one moon gel, but we'll often put a second one and there's there's actually like a mathematical equation of putting your moon gel to cut ring
4: that's with remo heads as well they they tend to be quite a bit liver than than evans Evans or even i don't know about um aquarians or anything like that
0: yeah i guess we generally stick to evans or remo but yeah Yeah.
4: i mean that's what they're pretty easy to get and they sound real good
0: so that's the black panther cherry bomb And this was, what the fuck was that sound?
4: Uh, Loud. Yeah.
0: What?
1: Loud. It was loud. 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 loud.
0: Loud. (laughs) Can't even hit it. All right, guys. Well, thanks for watching the Season 3, Episode 4 of the Cabin Podcast. And we'll see you next week with Episode 5. And thanks to Joe and Jackson. This is Jackson, by the way. Yeah. Um,
4: Hello. I think we've introduced me. The Goblin. Yeah, that's right. The Goblin. The Ghoul. The Gremlin. Elf on the Shelf. Elf on the Shelf. Any small <laughs> mythical creature.
0: Last name Cox, Goblin Cox. <laughs> yes. That is
4: official. It's on my birth certificate. Goodbye. Have a good night.
2: will be <laughs> here always. We'll
0: see you guys next week. Bye.
2: Bye.